Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I am your host, Mackenzie, and today, lovely, lovely, lovely Ben and I are talking all things AI. Yes, we are finally talking about ChatGPT just because everybody's talking about it. We're going to go over why we think you should not be scared of it. And maybe, you know what, you should just lean on it just a little bit. So if you're kind of cautiously wading through all the noise of ChatGPT, this is a podcast for you. We will help you with everything you want to know about it. So let's get into it. Hello, I'm Mackenzie and I am joined as ever by lovely Ben. How are you doing, Mackenzie? And everyone I'm else. very good. And everyone else. Just me. Nobody else matters. Just no one me. else. <laughs> I'm good. I'm trying to think of anything that's happened in social this week. And guess what? There's been a shit ton. But <laughs> I'm surprised that Musk hasn't made more of an appearance. It feels like it's mostly TikTok getting banned or maybe getting banned in the States. And then the only Twitter thing that I really saw that was like huge was that they got rid of their API for a lot of third parties. Oh, did they really? I, I didn't yeah. even see that. So like, would that be for schedulers and stuff like that? I think so. And they didn't say that they did it because they were trying to get rid of the API. They said that these people that the API isn't working for, they weren't following all the rules. Mm. But it's really interesting because it's most schedulers and most third-party apps. They just don't have access to the API anymore. Dang, that's their whole business. But it is what it is. I also saw another... Thing I might have been a complete troll, but it was like a news headline that said Elon Musk is selling all of Twitter's like furniture or something like that to afford rent. Like again, I'm oh sure I'm sure it was a troll, but that's the news <laughs> I saw too. I feel like this year is going to be really interesting when it comes to Twitter. Just like Instagram, they've got like the two different like feeds. Thank you, feeds. They have the two feeds now. I guess it's similar to Instagram, similar oh, yeah. to TikTok. Yeah, so you've got like the people you actually follow, and then you got the algorithm feed. Yeah, that's cool. I. I that's so funny. I've been using Twitter. Like I use it today and I didn't even notice that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's there now. <laughs> but again, I, and this is how I use TikTok. It's like, I only stick to the algorithm. I never go to the page of the people I follow, mm. but it's just because they know me. They know me so well. I gave them all of my data and I'm like, please just give me content that makes my serotonin in my brain go, yay, I really like this. <laughs> yeah. And that we're so accustomed to that now. It's kind of like a problem as creators because it's like, you're dealing with new people all the time. So then it's like, how do you, how do you, cause like the only way that you would ever make that switch is if someone was so compelling that you're like, I want to make sure I see their stuff. And that's a tall ask yeah. when you're competing against constantly new dopamine everywhere. Always, always and forever. And I guess that's why I don't like, that's why I'm curious about the pushback on Instagram still, because obviously we are following people because we want to see their content, but there still is such this huge pushback to people on like, I don't want a, an algorithm based feed yet we consume TikTok and we su consume Twitter that way. So what's the difference? I think that's very much just groupthink taking place. And I think that we reached the consensus that that's what we wanted in a different landscape, like a totally different time. And then that's just been the stuck narrative. So people just stick to that because realistically, especially like less and less people are posting consistently on Instagram. Like I would say yeah. if you had just your following tab, You'd be, you'd be pretty bored. And I think like it's so bored. People saw that even with now that they had the option, they'd go look and they're like, well, this is boring <laughs> in about yeah. two minutes. So you got to think Instagram, like that's a terrible move for them. And not even what people actually want. I think they just like saying they want it. 
Yeah, it's true because I, I mean, I did the algorithm based feed on Instagram for I think a week because I was like, let me just try it. Let me just focus on this. I got so incredibly bored. I went through all of my followers within maybe like five, 10 minutes. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. But also it's like I consume everything through Instagram stories now. Like I don't even care really about posts anymore. Really? Yeah, I don't even scroll through my feed anymore. I just go on stories. See, that just goes to show you how people love to consume in different ways. Because I don't even really mm-hmm. watch stories. That's like so funny. Very frequently. I'll watch the first few and I'm just like, oh, I don't care anymore. And then I'll go scrolling through. and Because I like, it's ironically, like I don't like the fact that it, it goes away. Because oftentimes mm-hmm. I want to send myself it for it later or to someone else I know or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And a story, I can't really do that. So even if it was the best piece of content ever, unless they make that a main feed post later or save it, whatever, then it's gone. That's so funny. I I was hanging out with some new people last night and this guy next to me, he got out of his phone and he was like looking at Instagram and I am such a nerdy person where I was like, how does he consume his you social start media? Yeah. And I'm just like staring at him while he's like on his phone and he like looked up at me. He's like, hey, what's, what's up? <laughs> and I was just like, sorry, I'm just really interested in how you're use using Instagram. And he's like, okay, freak, get out of here. <laughs> No, but that's really good information to know because we all just assume that everyone uses it how we use it and that could not mm-hmm. be farther from the truth. It's so funny. And then he was huge into Be Real. He was like, Be Real is my favorite app. He's like, I never usually go on Instagram. He's like, if I go on Instagram, it's only for like a couple minutes. He's like, but I love Be Real. Has anything changed? Because I deleted Be Real like a month and a half, two months ago. Is anything new there? Or is it the same? No, it's the same. And I stopped using it as well. And then he kind of reminded me last night that it was a thing. So I just like took a random story last night and was scrolling through and every single picture was the exact same as it was a month ago. Yeah, that that was my whole thing where I went, because it showed me my, my catalog of content and I was like, this is the same photo over and over and over again. Yes. So I don't. Just me on my couch. <laughs> yeah. So I actually like, I think a feature I'll probably start using more is the notes feature on Instagram because I feel like that, like people go I, on um, Be Real to show what people are doing, but largely to like get responses as to what they're doing. Right. Whereas if you mm-hmm. can actually say that out loud or not out loud, but like oh, digitally <laughs> out loud, say yeah. like, hey guys, I think that'll be cooler. See, I still don't have that and I'm a little jealous, but is it similar to like a Facebook status? Where oh, you're yeah. Just- it's, okay. like, it's like the exact same, but but it shows up in people's DMs, which I think is very smart because it's there's less friction to actually reply. Whereas even if you okay. post, a, it's, it's far less formal, right? Whereas if you post a question on, say, your story, people mm-hmm. feel like a little like, oh, do I know them well enough to reply to this? They, that's true. Are they going to yeah, think yeah. I'm sliding in their DMs, right? <laughs> Whereas here, like you're already in the DMs and that's why they posted it in the first place. So there's no yeah. thought, there's no fear. Yeah, I think that's a great feature from Instagram and Meta in general, just because they know that people are consuming content in such different ways on their app compared to other apps. And they know a lot of people are engaging through DMs, like sharing content, like just talking to their friends on there. They keep saying that's such a major priority. And I always, originally I thought that was really dumb, but then I thought more and more, and I was like, there are some people I only communicate with via Instagram DMs. Yeah. And so that's a very valuable thing to know that I go back continuously because of that. And that's a powerful like recurring visitor tool. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that was a good little... Sidebar. <laughs> yeah, sidebar. How about we get back into Flix tips? Mm. Mm. Flix tips. Absolutely. So <laughs> the, the theme for this conversation 
is actually the complete opposite kind of what the tip's going to be. So later we're going to break down how you can use AI and more in particular chat GPT to make your social media life way easier. But with the emergence of AI, a lot of people are very scared, especially creators and people in the marketing space. They think that their job's going to be taken away very soon. And so my tip for this week is to how to be AI proof for at least the foreseeable future. And so I've played around with a lot of the tools pretty in depth and it's all the content you get from it is quite surface level. So I'd say two things, you view it as a tool, not as like the end of your career, because (laughs) if you figure out how to use this to amplify what you're already good at, you can become even better. And that's what I saw because I was messing around with it to write me Twitter threads. And very quickly, I was like, oh, this information is a little outdated or all this information could be way better with my anecdotal advice. And that's how you make it way better. So I wrote a tweet thread that would have taken me honestly probably 30 minutes before and it took me only five minutes because all I had to do was tweak and master and remix, right? So view it like that. And then two, work stories into your content as much as possible, especially personally driven ones because Mm -hmm. it's ability to tell a story. A lot of people are like, oh, it can tell a story. There's not much depth. It's not that relatable. And it doesn't have you, right? Like that is the ultimate thing. Whereas if you're actually sharing things that no one else can share, you can't really be replaced. And so I think that's the other thing is that we preach telling stories. But the more you can do that, the more connection you can actually create. Yeah, I know we're probably going to get into this more when we get into our AI discussion. But the thing is with AI, and I know I've had a lot of friends who are in the marketing business who are a little scared mm. and intimidated by the fact that AI, oh my gosh, can it like take over my job? And I'm just like, but you're a person, you have personality, you have nuance, you understand sarcasm and AI doesn't like maybe one day it will, but right now just use it as a good tool to get you started, just to kick you off on something that you're writing or a blog post or anything like that. It's a really good way for you to start and then build upon. Completely agree. I think we're quite a bit of ways from it. It's really taking over and that, that's it, like the little subtleties and also things move so fast. And so a lot of these learning models, they collect a ton of data at a given point and it takes a while for them to, like, to process it and actually like learn from it. Because even on ChatGPT, it only has information up to 2021. And so if you mm-hmm. think about it, especially in our field, a year is like a <laughs> lifetime. So yeah. when it's giving feedback and advice that it got from 2021, it's probably not even relevant. relevant. So yep. we still do have some time here. And then also like the more you play around with it, the more creative you can be to kind of like use it to amplify who you already are and the skills you already have. Absolutely. So when I was like writing a blog post recently, I was like, I'm curious how quickly it would write the same blog post that I'm writing. And so I kind of put in like the SEO questions and all that kind of stuff. And it wrote it very, very quickly within a couple of minutes. It had this whole thing written out. However, it wasn't interesting. It wasn't engaging. It was just very robotic because it's an AI. It's a robot. It did help me when I was about four blogs deep that I needed to write. It did help me write it a little bit more quickly and be really focused on the SEO, but tweak it into our brand voice and figure out other ways. I was like, oh, well, I hadn't really thought about that before. That's interesting point. And then I would dive deeper into that and like expand upon it. So I do think it is an interesting tool to kind of have in your arsenal right now. Definitely don't heavily rely on it. It's do not do that because you don't want to be replaced by this. But it is something that is kind of interesting to lean on and to add it into, like I said, add it into your arsenal, your toolkit. Yeah, I think it's currently solves a lot of our pain points. Like typically, if you're forced to come up with a ton of ideas, 
you, you get that block. Whereas this can help get you through that, get you back up and running and then do a lot of the grunt work that really isn't you, right? Like a lot of the structuring and framing, that's the very boring stuff that isn't what makes you the great creator you are. It's the extra spice, the sauce that you can still yeah. put on. And now you can do so in less time. Absolutely. So what are some of your little tips and tricks for the chat GPT and AI in general right now? So the first thing, and this is actually becoming an increasingly big thing and opportunity, is how good the questions you can ask the AI, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, a, and that's now a very big skill is how can I craft this question in a way where I'll get the outcome that I'm looking for? So I think there's a lot of value in looking at people who are doing this in very creative ways and thinking about how you can structure the questions and the prompts to actually give you even better results because it does change quite dramatically based on what you provide it. So the better you get at asking questions from an AI perspective, the better your content or whatever you're looking for will be. Can you give some examples of that? Sure. So if you well, if you just go in and ask, like say, write me a story on this, okay? It's going to be very, very bland. There's going to be no tone. There's going to be nothing new or nuanced about it. If you then say, write me a story with a sassy tone or something along those lines, <laughs> there's now a little bit of flavor and flair. So if you can figure out what your voice is, exactly what you're looking for. And I think a good tool is what is the intended emotional reaction I'm looking to get from this piece of writing, if that's what you're looking for. Make sure to think about things that get people to that transformation and include that in the prompt or the question you're asking. So say a social media manager is working on some posts for the upcoming month. How how would you approach it as your own person? I think first, this is really emphasizes the importance of understanding your brand and your brand voice because you mm-hmm. want to be thinking about that all the time. So that should be forefront of how do I want to speak and how do I want the AI to speak for me? And then two is who is this ideal person? Who's our avatar? And I'm definitely throwing a lot of marketing buzzwords, but, <laughs> but it is what it is. Like, who is our avatar? Who is the person we're trying to communicate to? And what would resonate with them? I think that should be the forefocus. Like, even if, even before really what you're saying, that should be what you're thinking about. Then it's like, what are, what, what are we, what action are we trying to create right here? And then obviously work the actual content around that outcome we're looking to create. Yeah, I really like that. I'm trying to think of other things that I've like written recently that I think it's just been really super duper helpful when it comes to building out things that are more SEO heavy. Mm-hmm. As somebody who I I start with like all my SEO questions, but when I approach it, I don't always focus too heavily on the keywords as much as I probably should. And so then I have to go back, re-edit, make sure. Yeah. And so what it's been really helpful for me is putting in those keywords and those SEO questions. And it really does make it very, very, very SEO heavy. And then go in and play around and tweak but it's a great way, of, like if you're somebody who writes blog posts a lot, like I do, it is a really good way for you to get started. I also think it's a really powerful way to cast a very wide net. And so what I mean by that is you can go say, give me a hundred different content ideas. And if you give something fairly specific, you're going to still yep. get a hundred ideas in most cases. And then from there, it's it's like, hey, now you have a hundred. Don't get overwhelmed by that. Be like, okay, what is the <laughs> best out of this hundred? Let's pick the top five. Then now you've got five out of out of a hundred potential ideas. Like those are going to be the best ones. Double down on those, and then they'll make those great. And you just saved yourself hours of research of getting to that five, likely. Yeah, and again, if you're in social media marketing and this is scaring you, we're hoping that this is going to help, like not scare you as much, because our entire jobs are always constantly looking for trends. It's looking for music. It's looking for like the next great thing to talk about. And while you should focus on that 
yourself and not rely on AI to do that because they probably won't know what the trends are. They won't know all those things. It can help you with all the other general content that you're working on for the month. So you can have two tools for yourself. It's like just really simple. Just having this, like just be able to lean on during the months when things are a little bit stale or you're not coming up with the ideas as quickly as you should be, or you think you should be. It's a really good way just to kind of refresh and get new ideas. hundred percent. And I think that's probably the biggest complaint I get. Almost always when I ask on my story, like, what are you struggling with? They're always like, how do I get more ideas or better ideas? <laughs> so, so there's the solution to that completely. And then also developing your own confidence within that, because much like you just said, why you shouldn't be afraid is, it's going to give you a hundred ideas, but a lot of those probably aren't that good. And so, you know, you can now know, okay, I have my expertise. I'm going to make this work for me. Yeah. I just, I know for myself and I've worked with many, many different brands and each of them have their own unique brand voice or they have their own different style. And having this tool would have saved me so much time when I was freelancing, just being able to like ask the question like, okay, I'm working for a barbecue restaurant. What are some content ideas that I could do to promote this new brisket that they're launching? Mm-hmm. That's a brilliant actually, because like that would be tough to Google. Do, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> almost impossible, which is where exactly my, where my mind went, where it was like, this is basically Google on steroids, right? Because there's such specificity. Like that's, I was just thinking, I'm like, that'd be a nightmare to try to Google, but uh, yeah, absolutely. could do that for you. Yeah, no, because I have done it in the past where I'm just like, oh my gosh, they've got a new meal coming out and how do they want to market it? And like, I just don't even know, like, could we do it this shot? But then it's similar to this shot. And just having a tool like ChatGPT just to go in and be like, hi, I need content ideas, please help. It would have been so much more stress off my plate. 100%. And you, you probably enjoy it a lot more too. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some other insights and tools that you think are helpful with ChatGPT? So, oh, I think what it can be really good for is diversifying where you show up, mm. right? So for me, my biggest bottleneck, I, I love Twitter and I would love to create more, but writing tweets takes a long time. And so if you can use one of these tools to really cut down one of your accessory platforms, you may be able to show up there a lot more frequently and that may be what helps you break through and still be investing around the same time that you would have been anyway. So for me, I don't show up on Twitter that much because of time. So I tweet here and there, whereas now I can show up on Twitter way more by using a tool like ChatGPT, by going in and saying, write a thread about this topic, and then mm-hmm. I can go in and add my sauce and make it more Ben, and then post that in five minutes. And, and then now I'm showing up on Twitter, which is, could be huge for me. Yeah. And I think it's so important, especially in the year of 2023 that we're in, I think it's so important to try out different social media platforms. Mm. We are all so focused on TikTok and Instagram that I feel like there are so many other social media platforms right now that are losing the love that they could get. And you could be losing a huge amount of like audience that you didn't even realize that you have if you're not showing up. So I think that's so like such an important tip. Try out other social media platforms and the way you can try it out is through this chat GPT just to get started and just to see if you can build an audience and just see if there's anybody there for you. Absolutely. And I think Twitter is the most obvious one because it's primarily text driven. But with doing that for Twitter, you instantly have repurpose, repurposable content for LinkedIn, right? And so like yep. that's now you're getting a two for one right there, which is amazing. I think both of those are very slept on opportunities, especially from a business perspective. But I still like, you know how much I love YouTube, but it's so true. YouTube is 
is the goat. Like, honestly, there's so much opportunity because I see how much it changes in terms of the quality of traffic. And because it is so intimidating, that's why the opportunity is so crazy is because like, there's just like a funnel, right? And so all forms of marketing, the more friction, the more things you're asking for, for people, the less and less competition you're going to have. That's why there's yeah. billions of blogs and only millions of YouTube channels. It's just, there's so much less competition. And so I think using chat GPT or other AI tools to make really hard things less hard could be huge for you. And let me give you an example. YouTube especially is very much all or nothing. And it comes down to understanding how to make great content packaging. Yeah. So obviously you need a banger idea, but you also need a great and complimentary title and thumbnail combo, which can be very, very hard. But if you understand exactly who you're trying to reach and what you're trying to deliver them, you can even ask ChatGPT to give you ideas for a thumbnail. Like that's crazy. And, oh. I, and I've seen a ton of people do this. And I, I, one of my favorite YouTubers actually did like a challenge of his idea versus the, the chat GPT idea. Yeah. And they're pretty remarkable. So I think that's something awesome. Again, like how can you use this as a tool, as an accessory piece to, to help you where you lack so you can focus more on what you're good at? Yeah, it should not be a crutch. It should not be something that you rely heavily on. It should just be like Ben said, a tool. Mm-hmm. It should be something that you have in your arsenal I keep saying that. I'm really sorry. That's like the fourth time I said that. Please take a drink every time I say it. Um, We're all wasted. Yeah, but it should be something that you have in your like back pocket where it's just like, okay, I don't have enough right now and I need just to lean on something really quick just to like spark an idea. And I feel like a lot of people, the reason that they're so fearful right now is that they think it's going to completely replace them instead of it just being a tool. Yeah, a tool. Yeah, I think two things there. I think one, I do think there'll be some sort of legislation that comes into play and like either slows down the advancement if that's needed or mm. or figures out how it can be used in a professional setting for one. And then two, I also think that much like if you're an athlete or you go to the gym, it's a very good idea to focus on your weaknesses rather than just simply doubling down on your strengths. And usually that takes a lot of time and effort. Whereas this allows you to do this in a professional setting, like have all your weaknesses and a lot of them can be remedied instantly. So you can yeah. only have to do what you're really good at, <laughs> which is like from a performance standpoint, that's massive. So honestly, it makes me really, me really excited even more so just talking about it. Yeah. And I was reading this thing the other day and it was like freelancers and social media managers are worried that AI is going to be taking over their jobs while small businesses and businesses are worried that they're paying people just to use chat GPT. <laughs> It's very, that's a good point though. Yeah. So it's both sides are worried. So just know from me and Ben that there's nothing to worry about. But this is a constant, right? I think this is a universal human experience. Like think about everything that we look at now is just mainstream and the norm. I'm sure at one point that was very, very scary tech. Yeah. So I more so think about how could this be like, this is going to be so awesome in terms of what it can advance because a lot of times humans, we forget things or we can't prioritize things, whereas this allows us to do that in such a concentrated way. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like you said, everything new is always scary mm-hmm. at first. And then, I mean, hell, the iPhone when it came out, I'm like, it was whoa. crazy. That blew my mind. Too much? Yeah. 2007 me was like, nah, I'm not getting one of those. I like my flip razor. Thank you very much. 100%. And now we all have them and like they have completely taken over the world. And everything keeps getting advanced. So this is just one of those things that is new. It's scary, but it'll probably be here to stay. And it's just learning how to make it work for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think getting your hands on it as early as possible. Because with all this rapid progression of tech, early movers see such an advantage. Like If you look around on like social, it's so much harder to grow today than it was if you were early. 
a lot of people built transcendent lives and brands because they were early. So in, becoming an early adopter is a very smart move. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Do you have any other tips for us? I think a good thing would be like audit your process of how you create content or or even your business in general and think about just experiment. Like, are there ways that I could try to incorporate AI to save a bunch of time here? Because I think a lot of people only think about the outcome and not the time that goes into the outcome. And they think they don't equate the value of time. Time is super, super valuable. Even if you can save yourself something that even if it only takes 30 minutes normally, you can cut that down to five. Think about the compounding effect of that saved time. So just doing an audit of your current processes for your li- for your business, maybe even your life, and then also yeah. on social. <laughs> yeah, and also if you're looking for an Instagram audit sheet, we have a free one over at Flick.Social. So go check it out and download it. Absolutely, as you should. And also I'll be, be filming some uh, IG uh, audit roasts this week as well. So if you want to check those out and see how I approach an audit, check out our Instagram and TikTok. That'll be coming very soon. Yeah. Audits are so important, especially since we're in, we're in January. It's a new year. I always, I think everybody does. When a new year happens, they're just like, okay, I am ready to start everything afresh. And it's always a good time to take a look at your past social media strategy. Is it working for you? Is it not working for you? Is there any tools that you think you need or tools that you can actually just get rid of? Just go through everything and just really like with a fine tooth comb and just really destroy and pick apart your stuff honestly like be mean to yourself <laughs> yeah i also think there's a ton of value getting extra eyes on your stuff too yes because absolutely there's so many things I, i'm I'm, surpri- I'm shocked by this every day where someone will bring something up and i'm like how did i not see that and, or like how did i not think that someone would see it like that and it can be tremendously helpful just to get more eyeballs on it yeah i mean there's still times when I like text a friend and I'm like, does this sound the way that I want it to sound? Or is this coming across a different way? And they're like, no, it's fine. I'm like, okay, thank God. Especially oh. when you're creating or writing a lot, you can really get in your own head and, and randomly get stuck on things. Always. It's yes. so funny how weird things. It's like when you say a word enough times, it starts to sound fake <laughs> or not right or like not a word. But, Fork. Yeah. Fork is always the word, the first word for me. Fork's the go-to weird word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a bunch of those. And oftentimes when I'm watching movies, I'm like, is that proper english and then i'll like <laughs> i'll run through what they just said like a hundred times in my brain so it's like stuff like that it can happen when you're creating a lot so i, I think that, yeah. that's that's a powerful tool just to get some extra eyeballs on it absolutely so that is the tips unless you have any more that you'd like to highlight i know i think just to summarize just don't be afraid get your hands on the ai tools as they come out and just think about ways that it can in- enhance you and then also like with that extra free time, how can you double down on the things that make you very unique and not AI, right? Because if that's probably pretty far away from that kind of sophistication. So why not use it and to to create more time for yourself to become AI proof? Yeah, absolutely. And follow people that are starting to use it, network with people. There's tons of people on LinkedIn that I've been seeing recently. They're like, 50 different ways to use AI or here's like the questions you should ask the AI, like all these different things. Start following those people or just liking threads or just saving bookmarking threads for later just so you can go back and be like, okay, I'm ready to do this. I'm not scared anymore. I refuse to be scared. Let's do this. Go look at it and just see how it can benefit yourself. That's a great idea. And I think pick whatever your preferred means of consumption is. I saw a bunch on TikTok. That's actually where I saw the importance of asking the right questions. And yeah. so as, as you're doing that, if something strikes you, definitely, like Mackenzie said, save it or send it to yourself. But also in the very moment, 
write down how how that would make sense for your specific situation. I think a lot of people, that's what they really, really struggle with. They're like, how can I apply this that is objectively awesome to my specific situation? That's where so many people get stuck. So if you think about that, well, it's fresh, it's going to be far more likely you actually use it and doesn't just fall into the saves where there's millions of other things. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. I love all these tips. As somebody who, I will admit, I was a bit nervous when it first started coming out and everybody was like, your job's going to be gone soon. And I'm like, oh no, it's, is it? Is it really? I think you're good for a while. And then also I would say, <laughs> I think it's quite far away from being able to do videos. So if this is the push you need to start doing more video in your business or your brand, I think that's a very good idea because you're buying yourself at least an extra few years of a runway <laughs> at least. Absolutely. And also you just got to know that humans like humans and humans know how to sell to humans and so it's probably going to be a while before the AI is like, I know how to sell it to this person because we still have to be the ones asking questions. We have to ask the questions to them. Yeah. Who is our Flick shout out today? I forgot. Is it Flick? What do we Flick call it? feature sounds pretty badass. Flick feature. Who's our Flick feature of the week? So today we are featuring one of my favorite social media specific authors, actually. And so his mm-hmm. name is Brendan Kane. And he has published, I believe, two books so far. The first one was How to Get a Million Followers or One Million Followers. Yeah. So he basically wrote a book about how he got a million followers. So that's a decent read. And then I think his more recent book, I think, is far more applicable to the stuff that we talk about in current social. And it's called yeah. Hook Point. And then the hook point of the title is Hook Point, <laughs> How to Stand Out in a Three-Second World. And so much like we all know our attention spans are very, very short. And so if you don't think about how to craft the delivery of the message in the most compelling way possible, you may never get to deliver the message at all. And so the book, I strongly recommend picking it up. It's called Hook Point, once again, and it is a great <laughs> effective tool to remedy people's biggest issues largely in short, the short form content economy is how do I craft a hook point? And this is basically all about that. So if you struggle with that, I'd go follow him and then definitely buy the book. All right. Well, I'm going to go buy that book so I can have good hook points. Yeah, you definitely should. And then also as a pro tip to everyone listening to this, you probably only have to read about the first half of the book. (laughs) I'm just being completely transparent with you. Like every damn author, he gets quite redundant at the end. If you ever listen to this, Brendan, I still love you. But um, we love you. But uh, the book was by the end of it. I'm like, yeah, I get it, mate. You know know what I'm saying? So understood. Yeah, understood. 100%. So when you get to that point, you will, then you know, you can close (laughs) the book and you're good to go. Perfect. All right. Well, you can follow us over on Instagram at flick.social. We are on TikTok at flick.social. And Ben is going to be roasting some Instagram accounts and you can learn how to audit your own through his roast. Yes, absolutely. And I'm gonna have some fun with those too. So definitely check in and uh, our our community on TikTok is growing. So definitely come follow us there. It is just flick.social like Mackenzie already said. So come hang out and I'm going to try to be as responsive as possible to things. So if you have questions or even content you want to see, let us know. And if I don't reply directly back to you, I'll I'll probably make the content for you. So we got you. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Also, give us a five-star review if you really like this episode, because Ben is a lifetime of knowledge when it comes to random social things. I have been in social media for seven, eight years. God, I'm old. (laughs) So we are here. And if you have questions and you just want to reach out to us, we are on all forms of social media. So ask the questions and we will probably make a podcast just for you. Absolutely. And our community here is is growing. And I think that we really try to make the show as valuable as possible. And so while we're still at the size where we can reply to everyone, I think take advantage of that. Like take advantage of, of the content you want to see. Much like Mackenzie said, we have 
between the two of us, decades of experience working in this stuff and we're in it every single day. So just think about the stuff that we can share with you. Even if we didn't learn it ourselves, we're talking to people every day about this stuff. So don't be shy. Respond to us on social, send us DMs, literally whatever you want. We will do it while we still can. So take advantage. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Leave us a five-star review. We love you. We will see you or talk to you all next week. Bye. Peace.